Welcome to the Maritime Podcast, and you're listening to Marcus Hand, editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. And in this episode of the Maritime in Minutes series, we'll be taking a look back through some of the most important stories in shipping and maritime over the month of August. In the first week of the month, a report by insurer Allianz warned that the continued crew change crisis caused by COVID-19 travel restrictions could have long-term consequences for ship safety. The report highlighted that crew fatigue could lead to human error and even serious accidents, and that attracting young people to a life at sea is likely to become a growing challenge in the future. Meanwhile, plans by Western Australia to turn away ships with COVID cases on board were slammed by industry body Shipping Australia as dangerous and immoral. On a much more positive note, on the Maritime Podcast, we had the pleasure of having International Chamber of Shipping Chairman Esmond Poulsen as a guest, talking about his 50-year-long career in shipping. So what does he see as the biggest change in those 50 years? single biggest driver in all this has, of course, been China. And bear in mind that when I first came to Hong Kong, you, you could not go to China unless you had a government Im- invitation, literally. I was lucky enough to go myself in 1978, and at that point, it was still Mao jackets and so forth, and China was very, very poor. You can listen to the full episode here on the Maritime Podcast. Subscribe using your preferred app to make sure you never miss an episode. The second week of the month saw the introduction in the US of the Ocean Shipping Reform Act 2021, a bipartisan initiative as shippers struggle with supply chain disruption and soaring freight rates. With the top 10 container lines now controlling 80% of the trade, the legislation, if passed, would introduce minimum requirements for service contracts with shippers and improving the enforcement of the Federal Maritime Commission. Shipping lines were less than impressed, with the World Shipping Council describing it as flawed and unworkable. Meanwhile, listeners hoping for an easing of supply chain disruption would have been in for a rude shock with the news that Meishan Island International Container Terminal in China's Ningbo port had been shut down by a single COVID case among its workforce. It brought immediate fears of a repeat of the disruption seen earlier in the year at Yantian International Container Terminal in South China, although we are pleased to report that in the case of the Ningbo terminal, it reopened some two weeks later. Here is how CNBC reported the shutdown. Well, shipping companies are telling local media that it will likely take up to two weeks to clear the backlog of container ships at Ningbo port. They say that they expect that the closed terminal will be partially reopened next Tuesday and be fully operational by September 1st, assuming that there are no more cases there. The third week of the month saw Trade Maritime News reporting on the rather differing financial fortunes of tanker and container shipping companies. Underscoring the miserable performance of the tanker market, Euronav reported a second quarter loss of $90 million, bringing its first half losses for 2021 to $162 million. Looking for some positives, Euronav noted that nine VLCCs have been scrapped so far this year, more than double the total in 2020 and it expects to see more disposals in the months ahead, 
with 9% of the VLCC fleet over 20 years old and set to struggle with new environmental regulations, which should help the supply situation. By contrast, container lines did not have to look very hard to find good news, as they reported multi-billion dollar profits. Orient Overseas International Limited, which owns OLCL, reported a first-half net profit of $2.81 billion, while Korean line HMM reported its highest-ever first-half operating profit of $2.05 billion. There is likely to be billions more of profit to come in the second half of 2021 for container lines, as HMM noted, highly elevated freight rates are expected to last through this year at least. As we move towards the end of the month, Danish shipping giant AP Muller Maersk announced it was making a major bet on green methanol as the fuel of the future, with an order for eight 16,000 TU capacity methanol dual fuel container ships at Hyundai Heavy Industries. With the new ships delivered from the first quarter of 2024, they will enable Maersk to offer carbon neutral shipping to its customers on the mainline ocean trades, a first for the industry sector. Although how the company will source the green methanol remains as yet an unanswered challenge. So why is the company taking this plunge? Morton Bo Christensen, head of decarbonization for AP Muller Maersk, explains. At Maersk, we want to put action behind our words. We've said that we can and must leapfrog directly from fossil oil to properly carbon neutral fuels. So now we order eight large vessels that can and will operate on green methanol. They will hit the waters from early 2024, and once they're all out there sailing on green methanol, they will save a million tons of CO2 every year. They're large vessels, each can carry 16,000 20-foot containers. So with that, we will have a scale solution for our customers. We'll build these vessels. The big challenge will be to source the fuels. So that's what we will work on now. That's all we have time for on this episode of Maritime in Minutes. To learn more about the stories mentioned in this podcast, visit seatrade-maritime.com and sign up for our newsletter.